All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian brought us here along with Jason Craig as we continue here on Sports Talk, waiting on Pebble Hills head coach Stephen Lee joining us as part of the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. He is one of the newest inductees from this year's class of 2022. And Jason, I, he's calling me, so I'm going to just say go ahead and try to give him another call, uh, and uh, and we'll get him up right away. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get into the program. Also, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, which, by the way, we got to still throw up the poll. Uh, In-N-Out or Whataburger. And, uh, man, Jason Craig disappointing us all here on the show and uh, telling us that unfortunately, he's a fan of In and Out. In and Out is better. Oh man, it's a it's gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be a tough one. All right, well uh, let's continue here on Sports Talk today. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. As we continue, that's nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. As we continue here on Sports Talk uh, again, we're gonna we're waiting on Stephen Lee from the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. He'll be joining us soon as part of the class of twenty twenty two. He is being inducted as part of the athlete uh, the athlete class. Uh, and yes, we will definitely have Stephen Lee here join us. In, a, in just a little bit. want to also mention a couple big stories that came out today. This one out of the NFL, Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end Rob Gronkowski is uh, is retiring again for the second time. Um, um, with uh, Rob Gronkowski, he's 33 years old. He announced his retirement today on social media. And uh, this is what he said, quote, this is what he actually wrote on social media on Instagram. In college, I was asked to write about a dream op- job opportunity that I wanted to pursue and where the location would be. Every time I had to write about my future, no matter what, I picked up being a professional football player. For that assignment, though, we had to pick the location. So I wrote that I wanted to play in Tampa Bay for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for many reasons, the sunny weather being number one. I completely forgot about writing this report until two years ago when I had the opportunity to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And let me tell you, the journey in Tampa over the last two years has been uh, over the last years has blown away what I had originally wrote in college big time and for this I want to thank the whole entire first class Buccaneers organization for an amazing ride trusting me to come back and play and help build a championship team I will now be going back to my retirement home walking away from football again with my head held high knowing that I gave everything I had good or bad every time I stepped out onto the field the friendships and relationships I had made will last forever and I appreciate every single one of my teammates and coaches for giving everything they had as well from retirement back to football and winning another championship and now back to chilling out thank you to all Buccaneers fans the crew without you guys nothing would be possible all of y'all bought into it every single game thank you uh hey Jason we got a line ringing in at 915-505-6009 that's 915-505-6009 as we continue and yeah Jason all you do is click on that line and and you just pick up the phone and and let me know who who, uh who's on the line so uh we'll, we'll get that done uh let's continue here with this story with Rob Gronkowski I'm really not surprised that he's uh retiring here for the second time uh remember he previously retired back in 2018 with the Patriots because of injuries and you if you watch how physical uh Gronk plays he gets injured every uh, at least once every single year uh and uh that's one of those things that's one of those things that uh, that we can definitely uh get into here on the show with Rob Gronkowski I'm I'm not surprised that he's retiring again here I also think that this could be one of those things where you never really know. He could always end up back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the middle of the season. Uh, I, I know Adam Schefter wrote today that um, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, had had mentioned that if 
uh, Tom Brady calls in the middle of the season, maybe Rob Gronkowski would come back. Maybe he would end up uh, unretiring for the third time or the second time, technically, and then come back uh, and play with the uh, and play with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, this is what Drew Rosenhaus text. He said, "Quote: It doesn't surprise. It won't surprise me if Tom Brady calls uh, Rob Gronkowski during the season to come back, and then Gronk answers the call. This is just my opinion, but it w- I would not be surprised if Rob comes back during the start of next season." Uh, that's an in- that's coming from Adam Schefter today, and that's uh, Drew Rosenhaus uh, who is definitely going in and uh, and talking about that. Let's go back to the phones right now. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. That's 915-505-6009. we got a Twitter Tuesday poll going up right now. In-N-Out or Whataburger? That's the question we have for everybody. Pinky chimes in. Adrian, obviously you have not traveled to Central Texas. In-N-Out, are, uh, In-N-Out is in Dallas, San Marcos, and San Antonio that I've all been to. Whataburger is great in all those areas, but I would go to In-N-Out if available locally. Got to change it occasionally. I agree with Jason. Oh, man, Jason, you got one. Can I jump in on this real quick? Yes. Uh, The Austin one is horrible. It's not even close to good. So if you've had In-N-Out and you've had it in Austin, that is an absolute no-no. San Antonio's is better, but the Austin one, no. I haven't had the one in Dallas, so I'm – Putting that up. Man, that's uh, that's a strike two for uh, for two people who are going in and out here. Uh, I'm surprised with both Jason and Pinky, but let's keep it moving. Let's keep this conversation going. We got uh, Greg who's joining us next. Greg, what's going on? How's it going today? Not bad, but you guys are both crazy. Okay, White Castle. I'm in Chicago, man. Chicago, it's it's in and out, and Whataburger. You won't find that any place else, like New York or anything like that. White, sure, White Castle, dude. Ah, okay. So you're throwing a third option into the mix, Greg. You're saying White Castle. Tell us why. White Castle has they're, they're just bite-sized great burgers. Like boom, you know, you've got them there. It's there's no messing around with stuff. It's like you get the burger, it's there. You eat it, you're gone. It's not not this huge thing that they got at Whataburger. I don't know what In and Out has if it's got anything close <laughs> to the same size. You know, just little White Castle burgers, great, fantastic, and quick and out. Oh man, Greg, this is good. What, what's your go-to order? Can you tell us your go-to order at uh, at White Castle? A dozen. Oh, a dozen. Can you rack a dozen? Well, no. Hey, I, I usually split it between me and my bud. Okay. Two of us will we'll kill a dozen like that in a heartbeat. Those things are those things are like bite size almost. You know, they're great. Man, this is good. This is really good stuff. I think on a hungry day, maybe you could maybe you could put down a dozen, right? Like, or are you like after six? Are you good? After six, I'm great. Oh man, uh, this is good stuff, Greg. We're gonna have to include uh, a third option in our poll that we're posting on social media right now. It's just gonna say other. So uh, <laughs> this is this definitely goes with the other, and this is uh, White Castle. So you, we got one vote for White Castle, one vote for Whataburger, and two for In and Out. Hey, Greg, I appreciate it, man. If you had to choose between Whataburger and In and Out, which one are you going with? Probably Whataburger because the In and Out burgers are just don't taste. They're not as, the meat's not as good. Okay, just play the meat. The meat's not as good. Okay, I like it. All right, uh, Greg, appreciate it, man. You take care hey, by, out there. By the way, by the way, he's right. The one in Austin sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good stuff. All right, Greg, I appreciate it, man. Take take care. Later, take care. All right, it's Greg joining us. Uh, Jason, your thoughts? Why Castle is now in the mix? I was on his side until he said it sucks. 
But White Castle is really good. I, I, I agree with him. You go with a dozen once you go in. dozen with cheese. And then you get mozzarella sticks, french fries, and a Coke. It's the way to go. Oh, man, we got somebody else who wants to chime in on this conversation at 915-505-6009 as we continue. That's 915-505-6009 as we continue here on Sports Talk. We've got uh, uh, the poll is up right now. Twitter Tuesday is live, and it's going on right now. What's your what's your preference right now? In and out, Whataburger, another place that we're not mentioning right now. And and please, I, I understand if you're gonna give me a local place, like I get it. I'm all about going local and not necessarily going with the chain. But we're we're just being fun with the chains today. We're just being fun with with these two, like Whataburger and In and Out. So if you're coming at me and telling me some of our best local spots that we've got here in town, um, yeah, I, I understand. I, I know where you're going with this. I, I get it, and I'm I'm with you on that. If you want to tell me Roscoe's, if you want to tell me Rockstar Burger Bar downtown or uh, Border Burger Bar, or Papa's, if you want to tell me all those, uh, Angry Owl, our great friends over there, Charcoaler, uh, Muya. I mean, there's some great local ones, too. Orange Cow. I'm, I, why did it take this long to mention Orange Cow? There's a lot of great ones, but let's keep it to this unless you've got a chain on your, uh, on your mention. Oh, my gosh. Oh man, Eddie Morelos, he's he's on a chain right now of just disappointing me. Uh, he tweets the show voted other Sonic Green Chili Cheeseburger at 600 ESPN El Paso. That's coming from Eddie Morelos. Um, Jason, I have never tried the Sonic Green Chili Cheeseburger, but I'll tell you this: without trying it, probably uh probably a ripoff of uh of the Green Chili Double at Whataburger. I'll give it to the green chili double at Whataburger is pretty good, but the green chili at Sonic is it's pretty underrated. Oh, Sonic's pretty underrated, yo. But it's not it's not in the Whataburger in and out conversation that me and you are having here, and I'm getting quite upset at uh, some of the the blasphemy. Oh man, oh man, I, I can't believe this. Let's bring out another caller on the show. Uh, what, what's your name, caller? I I couldn't get the name. It's me, Domingo from East Domingo. Tobacco. What's happening, Domingo? How you doing, man? Give us the late. Give us the latest. What do you think in this poll? Yeah, it's all good, but there's another burger that you you should tell your guests to try, and it's a familiar one that's right next that you need to cross the state line. Blake's lot of burger. Okay, that's a good one. We're talking chains. We're talking franchises. So that's one that definitely goes in the mix. Uh, I've had. You know what's underrated? We're talking underrated food and underrated things at Blake's. They're burritos. Their burritos are underrated. I'm sad that the, the West Side location's no longer there, uh, but those burritos at Blake's are, are pretty fire. Shout out Brandon Cohn. Yeah, they're good. They got the there's still place on the East Side where I live. The bacon cheeseburgers are good. Really? Yeah, and you know you and you do know that they get a chili cheeseburger. Everybody knows that. And the only reason I like Blake's because they have my favorite soda, Pepsi. Oh, okay, okay. So you're you're a big fan. You're you're Blake's guy. Okay, and I. Um, now, but yes, but I'm also a Waterburger guy as well. At least I eat it at night when I when I get out to work at night. Okay, hey, we're we're the same person because uh, after a late UTEP uh, game, minor talk, whatever it is, uh, head over to Waterburger real quick for a for a drive through run through. So yeah, I'm with you on that one right there. Um, what's your just out of curiosity? What's your order? What's your go to order at Waterburger? Uh, it depends. Like you have chicken strips with barbecue, or or just a good old fashioned bo- a waterburger single, or a, or a double with cheese. Okay, so you like to mix it up too. You like the variety, Domingo. 
Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Hey, any soccer stuff? Any soccer news? No, just just talking just burgers same, today. Been, <laughs> yeah, just the burgers. Yeah, but I've been hearing a lot of crazy. Oh, here's a good one with soccer. Like last week. <laughs> here's a good one. The World Cup is already set. Costa Rica's in, and they won the. And here's a big one. Australia is in the World Cup for the fifth straight time. I saw that. They won, and they made history. They won the Confederation playoff and the World Cup playoff twice. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's huge. That's huge news. That's huge news. I'm happy for Australia, by the way. Yeah. Okay. All right, you take care, Domingo. I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number to get into Sports Talk today, 915-505-6009 to get in on the show. Uh, Twitter's blowing up right now. Our Twitter Tuesday poll is up, and if you don't have Twitter, if you want to chime in on this conversation, just give us a call. Uh, we, we definitely want to hear what you have to say here on the show, 915-505-6009 is the, is the number to get into the program what do you prefer reply with your reason reply with uh your order we want to hear everything and we got a caller uh ringing in on the show as well at 505-6009 waterburger is currently in the lead right now with uh, a couple votes actually with uh already 15 votes we just posted this a, a couple minutes ago so i'm happy about about everybody checking this out Waterburger's leading the way, 58% of the votes. In and Out has 33% of the votes. Uh, and yeah, we've got this one going on right now. This is the summer. This is the evergreen sports topic that, that we're bringing up today on, on uh, 600 ESPN El Paso. Esteban checking in on the show. He likes Domingo's response, and he says Blake's Lauterburger. That's where he's going on his side. So, hey, Esteban, thanks for checking in on social media. Appreciate the, uh, the tweet on, uh, on the show as well. Um, our telephone number, if you would like to weigh in on this conversation, it's 505-6009. You might have to dial 915-505-6009 to get into Sports Talk as we continue here on a busy Tuesday afternoon. Let's, uh, let's go over to the phones right now. Um, who do we got on, on line two? Couldn't get the, couldn't get the name. Okay, let's. Uh, he's saying five guys. I'm tired. Why? I don't want to get it. Let's let's see, let's hear what he has to say. Uh, who's this right here? Who's joining us on the phones? Yeah, this, this is Mike. Sorry, how's how's it all going? Hey, Mike, what's going on? It's great to hear from you. Hey, I, I listen I listen to y'all every single day. I don't miss I don't miss a beat. Okay, hey, appreciate you listening, uh, Mike. Give us what give us uh, your your order or your place. Uh, five guys. Okay. Uh, five okay. Guys is, I, I, uh, I came to Texas about 10 years ago. I never heard of Whataburger until I came to Texas. I never heard of it, and um, I always go to Five Guys. Five Guys, to me, is, 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 is the best. Okay, so you're a Five Guys guy. Okay, so uh, what's your order of choice over there? I usually get the, uh, the, uh, the double. Double with air, everything on it. They just pot on there, and when you go there, you order a small fries. There's a small fries, they give you, like, 18 larges, so it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. You get that little tray. They throw all the fries all over it, so you, you definitely get a good sampling of it. Um, I'll, I'll level with you on the spicy side of things. I actually like the fact that they throw in that. I, am I wrong? They throw in like a like a chili on it or something, and it's, it gets a little spicy, but I like it. 
Yeah, I mean, to me, to me, uh, the hotter the better. That's that's that, that's my mood. When when I go someplace, it's still jalapenos. It's either habanero or it goes peppers. That's why that's why I love. Oh my goodness, I can't believe this is the case right now that we're getting uh, different different perspectives from different people on this. Uh, Mike, let me ask you this: If you had to choose between Whataburger and In and Out, where are you going? Neither. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. All yeah, right, Mike. My wife, yeah, my my wife and me always go to Whataburger. Get two. Get. Get something, and me, I was end, end up at Five Guys or, or Wendy's. To me, Waterburger was okay. Don't get me wrong. The, chick, the spicy chicken is great, but the, the meat, uh, to me, has no flavor. Okay, I, I got you, Mike. Hey, I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Um, hey, Jason, I got to ask you this because Mike brought up something interesting. He says his wife likes the Waterburger, but he'll go somewhere else, like if that's the case. Let's say we're, we're going to lunch together, and you suggest some place, and then I'm telling you, all right, you get that, but I'm going to get something else, and let's meet up. Are you, do you like that stuff, or are you like, nah, dude, no. Get the, get, I'll go where you're going to go. Let's just go, and, and, and so you could be happy. Um, wh- where do you stand on this? It's not about happiness. It's about convenience. Okay, okay. So if we're in a rush, then, no, we got to pick one spot, you know, find a mutual ground, but... When it just you know, if we're just cruising, you know, gallivanting about town, yeah, we go to both places and then. Uh, okay, I see what you're saying. So yeah, it's I'm not. A I'm not, I'm not thing. I, yeah, I did it, yeah, it's all about timing. Okay, so I, I can level with you there. I, if I have the time, I'm cool with doing separate or like get whatever you want. Get if you, if it's a buddy, if it's a significant other, if it's somebody that you're going to lunch with, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool. I'm good with that. I think some people would say otherwise, and they would be like, "Nah, they, if you don't want to go with what I want, I'll, I'll just side with whatever you're going to go with." Yeah, let's, but we're not going to do like Blake's Lauder Burger on the east side and then go to Orange Cow Burger. We're not going to do that. Yeah, I get, you know, I get that, what you're that, saying. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to drive all the way over west and then do that. I get and, you. And Five Guys, it's the peanuts where I'm just like, no, we're not. Like they don't even give peanuts on an airplane no more. Okay. So I'm just, no. It's the peanuts that get me out. Andrea Leton t- uh, tweets the show at Torn Andra. Uh, she, te- uh, she tweets us, technically five guys, but I still rep Whataburger. See, I can respect that right there because if somebody sides with one, like let- let's say if you just side with one of these places, like In N Out or Whataburger, you could still have your preference. You could still like your, you, you could have your kind of like your guilty pleasure at Sonic, like Eddie Morello's, and getting the green chili cheeseburger over there. You can go out to, to Five Guys, go out to Wendy's or something like that. I, I could see that. I could see people siding with one of the In-N-Out or Whataburger choices, but maybe still having that preference. Yeah, and that's and that's what this is about. Like, yeah, you can like what you like, but we're really – it's it's Lakers and Boston. There it's, you go. I Lakers love where you're going Boston. with this. This is Dallas <laughs> versus the Commanders. This is Cowboys versus Commanders. It's, it's one or the other right now. Cowboys-Eagles. This is uh, wow. Uh, this is Longhorns versus Sooners. This is uh, the greatest sports rivalries of all time, uh, culminated into food. This is UTEP versus NMSU. Uh, in and out versus Whataburger. I've been to uh, I've been to a Five Guys. The first time I went to Five Guys, just a little story. I went to Five Guys and it was forced on me. Uh, I was in Maryland and it was forced on me, and I was like, you know what? I don't get it. Yeah, I I um I have nothing bad. I'm really not a picky eater, so I I really don't have much. 
you know, bad to say about that kind of stuff. So no worries at all. Uh, we're going to break a little early here. We're going to see if we can get Stephen Lee on the show at some point here later on uh, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Our telephone number, if you'd like to weigh in on this discussion, it's 505-6009. We'd love to get more calls on this and uh, just have some fun. Hey, it's the summer. Beautiful day out in the city of El Paso. It's been rainy. It's been uh, a little, um, you know, cloudy and stuff like that. Perfect day to just talk some uh, some fun sports, some fun topics here on Sports Talk today. Uh, we're going to take a timeout right now when we come back more phone calls and tweets the sports talk continues here on 600 espn el paso all right welcome back final segment here on sports talk in hour number one on the show jason craig adrian Bradis here filling in for steve kaplowitz no Stephen Lee. He was uh, actually, I think he's doing like a podcast with the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. So uh, Wayne Thornton stole him away from us uh, here during that segment. Uh, maybe we'll get Stephen on later on in the show if we've got some time. Uh, we'll, we'll try to get him on the, the phones later on to talk about the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame and his newest induction uh, into the class of 2022. Banquet set for tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock. And uh, yeah, we're excited about that. If you'd like to talk about our uh, current Twitter poll that we've got, up right now, give us a call, 505-6009, and explain your answer to us over the phone, because we've gotten a ton of votes since the last time we uh, we just spoke to you over the break. Now we've almost got four, 50 votes on the Twitter Tuesday poll. What do you prefer, Whataburger or In-N-Out? Or is there another one that we have it that we kind of missed right here as far as the chains? Which do you prefer? Reply with your reason. Reply with your order. Send it our way, 600 ESPN El Paso, on a free mobile app powered by United Bank on Twitter. Social media, Facebook is open. And uh, give us a call. Let us know your order. 505-6009 is our telephone number to get in. Right now, with fi- almost 50 votes, Jason, the people have sided with yours truly. Waterburger is in the lead, 67%, in and out checking in at 23%, and an of, and then the other category at 10%. This is a Texas bias. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get to let's get to some replies that have just came in. Uh, this is from our very own Sal Montes. He checks in on social media saying, Whataburger, there can only be one green chili double with extra spicy ketchup. Hashtag Watanache. That's coming from uh, Sal Montes. I'm with you on uh, that uh, green chili double with extra spicy ketchup. E- uh, emphasis on the extra there. Cesar Cubillos checks in. Waterburger to me is like my go-to. If I only know if I if I go, I know I'll always like it. I had a lot of family in California, so In-N-Out was no big deal to me. And even the secret menu is pretty small. From there, I'm a local guy, so I love Frisco. Okay, okay, I like that. I got a question. Yes, how how can we in a fair situation, maybe <laughs> San Antonio, we have to take a day trip. And go down there, and you get Whataburger, and I get In-N-Out, okay. and then we have a... But you can't get like anything crazy, like a yeah. normal double, whatever the Whataburger double thing is, and then I get an In-N-Out, and we you know, kind of swap, I don't know, you know, half and half, and okay. then we just see what's better okay. at the same time. Okay, okay, at the same time. I see what you're saying. All right. But but you're talking about more of a plane. Like, let's just talk about the burger itself, like a plain slate on both sides. Like, all right, who's got the better pure burger? 
okay. I, I understand where you're going with that. Now, if you wanted to make the argument that In-N-Out had the better pure burger, I might actually, I'm not necessarily going to side with you, but I'll let that pass because I like the crazy things at Whataburger. Like me, I'm all about the, again, I'm about the variety. I like sometimes the chicken stuff. I like sometimes uh, the chili stuff. I like sometimes when they, they throw out a secret thing like the Buffalo Ranch chicken strip sandwich. When they throw some some crazy things on the all-time favorite, that's where I like to, to be a little funky at Whataburger. There's a lot of fights at Whataburger, and the, <laughs> and the, and the customer service is not so good. And at In-N-Out, it's very, very nice. They're very nice there. Um, I feel welcome when I walk in. And also, I've, <laughs> I've seen a video of a full-on Bonda like, ban happening inside of an In-N-Out. I don't know how that happened, but they did it. And Whataburger could never. I can't get over the fight. I can't get over that. Uh, Duke Keith checks in on, on Twitter. He ch- he asks us, where's Blake's Lottaburger? Oh, we got another one for Blake. So three. That's, is that three? Three votes. He says, Lottaburger, New Mexico style. Hello. We don't even have in and out here. That's Duke Keith checking in on, on 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter right now. We'll keep you updated with the poll as it continues throughout the show. Uh, we got a busy 5 o'clock hour coming up next. Brian Spriggs going to join us from UTEP Basketball. We'll ask him. Maybe Brian's ventured out to the, the California areas. Maybe he's had a chance, or even, you know, like we mentioned, Texas areas, and uh, or even Arizona. Maybe he's tried in and out. Um, we'll ask Brian if he's uh what what his preference is uh to lead off hour number two uh before we close out hour number one i want to mention this story we've been keeping tabs on the pga tour the live golf invitational series and everything going on in the majors we had fred albers on yesterday to talk us open notice how we did not mention anything for live golf well yesterday the uh actually today we hear the news that four-time major champion brooks kepka you're right that's uh you got it that's uh brooks kepka who recently placed 55th in the u.s open he is the latest golfer to leave the pga tour to go to the live golf invitational series wow it's this is an interesting one right here i didn't think this would come because last week um Brooks was very vocal about uh, just, hey, he was basically telling reporters at the U.S. Open, hey, can we get, uh, uh, can we stop talking about the Live Golf Tour for one second and can we talk more about the U.S. Open and what's actually going to happen in this tournament? So he kind of deflected things last week by trying to just change the narrative by reporters and, and all the discourse that was happening. And then we hear on Tuesday that Brooks Kepka is heading off to the Live Golf Invitational Series. Really not surprising. In fact, I think I told my dad this. I was kind of predicting to him. I think he's going to be the next guy. His brother has, has already signed with them. It just makes more sense for Brooks, who's 32, one of the highest profile players to join this circuit right now. I would say he's probably their second best player right now on the Live Golf Invitational Series. So, well, we'll keep tabs on this one. We'll keep tabs on this story as it develops. And uh, we'll take a time out right now. When we come back, our number two is Sports Talk right around the corner. Brian Spriggs of UTEP Basketball coming up next right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back. Hour number two here on Sports Talk as we get this going. We're so excited about what we're going to be bringing on in the show it is uh, UTEP's newest assistant coach who is uh, now in the mix. He, is, he was the previous chief of staff for the Miners from last season, and now uh, he has been pro- recently promoted uh, to being the assistant coach over there with the Miners. I'm talking about Brian Spriggs, who's joining us here in hour number two to lead things off. Brian, thank you so much for, uh, for all the time today. Thank you for, uh, for joining us here on the show. Thank you for having me. 
I'm excited. Uh, I've been kind of jealous. Everybody else been doing uh get a chance to hang out. Adrian, man, I just I've been with my time patiently. <laughs> You know, it's it's unfair. It's unfair, Coach, because we've been waiting. We've been waiting to try to get you on the show for a while now. I, I'm not going to lie. I really, I, I just want to get all the insight and perspective from you because uh, we hear that you are Coach Golding's right hand man, and to ascend from going over to Abilene Christian, heading with him. Uh, to UTEP. I remember you were here literally at the Lucy's Cafe meet and greet, meeting with fans for the first time when they were here. Uh, when you reflect back on when you first got here to El Paso to where you are now, uh, what, what's the journey been like? It's been great. Like, uh, I, I'm originally from Philadelphia, so it's been a lot of history from, you know, just the connection between Philadelphia and El Paso. Um, you know, God said it that, that came through during my generation playing in high school basketball and all the way up up to now. So like UTEP, El Paso, just as a city as a as a whole, has always had, you know, a spot in my heart. So it's interesting to like first get here and actually experience it uh firsthand, you know, probably just a little bit over a year now. Um, but the journey has been great. I've been excited. I'm still excited as I you know, as I was when I first got here. Oh, that's great to hear. Again, we got a uh, UTEP assistant coach by uh, Brian Spriggs joining us here on the show as we continue. Uh, Brian, uh, I, I want to talk a lot of UTEP basketball today with you, and I think you're going to bring some great perspective on all of this. But before we do that, I got to ask you an evergreen topic, evergreen question that we've got going on right now. Um, this is kind of blown up in a weird way. Jason Craig, who's across the glass, and he's joining us here on Sports Talk as we continue hour number two. He brought up that it's not a not even close for him. He's an in and out guy through and through. And I've got to ask you this. In the debate of In-N-Out versus Whataburger, where do you side? This is like UTEP versus New Mexico State. This is like Texas versus Oklahoma. Where, where do you side on this conversation here? This is like Cowboys versus Eagles. I'm not biased Eagles. by any means. I'm not biased by any means. But over overall, the experience, I'll have to go with In-N-Out. And I think the separator forward is I was introduced just this year to a secret menu. Oh. So, like – uh, I I think I was with maybe uh, Nick, maybe one of our GAs, and he ordered a French fries, and he was like, "Let me get them." Is it animal style? Animal, animal style. So like it was then like this whole menu that that's what separated Whataburger and In and Out for me. Okay, so okay. I had to solve it out. All right. Hey, Jason, you got to chalk one up for in and out We got we got that one out there. <laughs> I'll all take right. it. <laughs> all right. All right. I got you. Again, uh, Brian, I, I want to jump into this offseason. This has been such an interesting one because uh, some minor fans who aren't necessarily aware of what was going on with this program, they may have just looked on paper and said, well, the best players are leaving this program. What's going on? You've had Sule Boom depart. You had 10 players in total leaving the program, including uh, your your graduate in Alfred Holland. Yet you you guys were able to retool the entire roster, bring in a bunch of guys with Division One experience and junior college experience. What was this offseason like in a nutshell for, for you all? Uh, I think I think it was good. It was, I enjoyed it. I had a good time doing it. Um I think it was very easy being able, you know, to sell Coach Golden and, you know, just the city of El Paso and UTEP. I think that was probably one of the best parts about it. Um, It's easy to sell something that you truly believe in. So I think that that's what made it, you know, to the outside looking in, everybody seemed like it was a mass overhaul and it was going to be a, a lot of work uphill. 
But I don't think it really was because I just think this place is – I believe in it so much and I believe in Coach Golden and our staff and what we have going on that I just think it's, it's an easy sell. When now, you, if I, if I, no, go, go ahead, ahead. Go I'm ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Now, I was just saying if I didn't believe in it, it will be different. But I, I'm whole – you know, I think this is a great opportunity. I think it's one of the best spots, you know, in college basketball. When you look at just the teams, the, the the players that you all brought in, or actually, let let me go back to a little bit about your role. What what's your role on the coaching staff? Because I, I kind of feel like you do it all. You're you're able to get in players' ears. You're able to coach them up on the court. But behind the scenes, you're able to go out and, and jump on the phones and jump and talk to college coach or uh, excuse me, high school coaches and just cr- coaches across the country and recruit at a very high level. So, can you tell us a little bit about your role on the coaching staff? Uh, I just try to be glue, just try to help where where I can and where I'm needed. Uh, I think, you know, I'm on a very experienced staff, you know, with Coach Cox has been in, you know, he's been in a game probably, <laughs> probably well, by the time I was born. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we also got Coach Golden who's had, who have had a lot of success. Uh, Coach Boykins and, you know, Kevin, he's just on a very experienced staff. So I just try to, just try to be the glue and fit in where I can and, just listen and learn, you know, from those guys. So I wouldn't say it's anything particular that I do more than, you know, more than the next. I just try to help out where where I can. You know, you um, and I don't know how much you could speak to this, but you just look at different uh, prospects, articles, and and different players who are featured across social media. They're constantly referring, uh, re- referencing you, uh, Brian. They're referencing you and Coach Boykins as the two people who are championing their recruiting. What was it like developing relationship with guys in such a tight window, like that transfer portal window, such a tight window for those players when they A, get, enter the portal, and then B, make that decision? How, what, what's it like building those relationships right there? I enjoy it. I think it's great. Um, you know, I've, I've been, I did a lot of time in junior college which I think this recruitment is very similar. People look at me like I'm crazy when I say it, but it's 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 a microwave process where you got to, you know, spend time every day on the phone and truly and genuinely get to know uh, you know, these student athletes that you have that you have coming in. And I think it's very similar to junior college, you know, just you can say what you want. I, you know, Adrian, if you wake up, you know, you know, ever since ninth grade, you're not saying, "Hey, you know, I want to go to junior college." You're just the last, you know, it's the last resort. So by the time those grades hit and those guys got to, you know, they figure, you know, they have to go to junior college. You don't have much time to build that relationship and, you know, develop that rapport. So I think it's very similar to recruiting a portal. Uh, the same way, like uh, you don't have a lot of time to or a lot of resources to get out and see all those guys. And it's the same way here at UTEP. Um, so it's very similar. I think it's very similar in that is something that I think everybody on staff has had quite a quite a uh, good experience at doing just because a lot of them kind of have junior college ties and, you know, just hard, hard workers and grinders. So um, I just think it's been good. I've been – I enjoy it. I like it a lot, uh, just getting to know people and develop genuine relationships throughout the recruiting process. You know, one of the other real interesting things I find about all of this right here is that you can get somebody. Let's say, let's say you find somebody out in the Philly area, or you find somebody out in the Chicago area, or something along those lines. You could develop some really good relationships, and then actually know what kind of background they may have came from. Like you might have that interesting perspective that you bring to the table. Coach Cox can bring the the kind of like, hey, I have. 
30-plus years of experience in this sport, you can go into these uh, uh, players' uh, minds and say, hey, I know exactly where you're from. I know exactly the background that you're coming from. How much does that play into it when you're just talking about relationships? I think it plays in a, a lot. I think just being able to say that you walk the same path as a lot of these guys and coming from all the, all the different you know, backgrounds, everything from, you know, the underprivileged to, you know, guys that just didn't get a fair shake. I think it's just something that me personally, I've been through. I feel as though I've been through. So it's easy to relate to them and kind of have those, open up those doors for those conversations. And when they speak on it, I think, you know, I can kind of chime in and, you know, let them give my, uh, chime in and give my insight on it. And but it tends to relate and, kind of get a chance to build some commonalities and just kind of go from there. That, that makes a ton of sense. I, I also want to shift the conversation back to the fans because I think that this conversation can be very educating to the fans out there who get real frustrated with the transfer portal. I mean, huh? you, you've got people calling us left and right and saying, we hate the transfer portal. It's taken away all the best players from El Paso. What's going on with this transfer portal? As a coaching staff, you can't think that way, right? Like, you have to embrace the portal and use it as an opportunity to say, hey, look, what happened in the past is in the past, but now let's use the portal to our advantage, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, I'm the type of person that kind of it reminds me, uh, and I think I'm to that point now with the younger generation. Is, you know, you play your music and your parents think the music, are, what are you listening to? Like, this is garbage. Uh, but And then I think I'm to that point now. I say the same thing about, you know, with the younger guys, but I think you kind of got to morph and, and just kind of be be a chameleon. Um, times are changing. You just kind of got to go with the times, and you can't really fight it because it's happening regardless. So yes, I don't think any. I don't think there's many people that really enjoy and love the transfer portal. But I think we just got to find a way uh, to navigate it. And I personally think you know UTEP and El Paso is a great place and is in a great situation to be able to navigate the the portal so right now the UTEP men's basketball team is in town most everybody uh, except for one player is actually on campus getting re- uh, going through workouts that are going on in the summer just t- take us through the summer what's it been like meeting these new guys uh, seeing them for the first time uh, we'll get to the individuals in a little bit but what's it like seeing these guys for the first time it's been good it's been great uh, we just got done with a great workout a lot of intensity a lot of guys competing um I'm a big fan of uh, the guys kind of, you know, finding their, you know, kind of fighting for minutes and finding, the, you know, the pecking order of the pack. So it's, it's been great. Um, all the guys have been playing hard, competing. They've been big, uh, willing and wanting to be coached, which has been phenomenal. Uh, all the guys is ready to buy in a coach golden and, and everything that's going on here. So I, it's been great. I haven't, I don't have any bad things to say about it. Like I, I'm excited. I, you know, every time I walk down those steps uh, and Foster Stevens, you know, it's, it's a breath of fresh air. I'm ready to do it again every day. So I, I've covered this program for six years and I watched you all last year. Um, after the Charlotte game, I was getting a little worried, Brian. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was thinking in my head <laughs> and you're smiling at this because you all proved me wrong. I was getting worried at that point. I was, 
you know, I was I was thinking to myself, how are they going to get offense? Who's going to step up defensively? What are they doing in place of Keontae Kennedy? And then it all you kind of all figured it out. And I felt like it was really that old Dominion game, kind of being pushed to the brink of of uh, you know going to overtime. JB hitting the big shot in that game, going to overtime and actually winning that game on the road. I felt like that one. And then of course after that, you win six in a row. I felt like that game really propelled you forward. How would you kind of evaluate last season? I think it was just trying to figure it out, you know, it was everybody's first go around here. And I think, uh, you know, I think one of the best things about coach golden is just his ability to build, make sure I say right. Camaraderie. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just kind of everybody coming together. I think he doesn't give himself enough, enough credit when it comes to doing that and just kind of him to, as a person being able to, what his morals are, what his foundations are being able to instill those into the kids. And I think, you know, kind of, it took some time, but once they once these guys figured out it was genuine and was in a good spot, I think they kind of just bought into what he was about, you know, just in regards of playing hard, competing, playing for one another, uh, you know, just being the hardest playing team out there and just figuring it out, like just finding a way. Um, I think that's that old Dominion game, which really, you know, set the tone of just, you know, finding a way. Uh, you know, even go back to when – you know, he's playing New Mexico and Albuquerque and, you know, I think the enemy was down and we had to slide Kennedy over and, you know, you listen to everybody, you know, around and they think, they think, you know, we were only, we couldn't win without those three guys in tech, but we figured it, we found it out, figured a way. And I think that's, that's the story of the, of the season day in and day out. We just found a way and figured it out. Okay, that's a good way to sum it up. Was your favorite moment last year the North Texas win on Senior Day when when you guys beat the best team in conference USA? I don't know about that one being my being my favorite moment. Uh I think seeing Sule Boone take a charge during a game might have been my favorite moment. Uh, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of you know just set a tone. I think that, that you know that was my favorite part of the, part of the time. Um, because that's the work. That's the work that you all put in all season long. That's the that's also the mentality that you're trying to instill to kind of be selfless and take those charges. So when it's culminating all together and it's your best player taking a charge, that that must be an uh, an amazing feeling right there. Sure, for sure. Awesome. Hey, uh, Brian, can you stick around with me? I want to talk some of these prospects coming up next here on the show. Sure. Okay, great. We got a UTEP assistant coach Brian, uh, Brian Spriggs joining us here on the show. If you want to follow Brian on Twitter, you can check him out. It's B R Y E N Spriggs on Twitter. You can check him out there. He posts a lot of great stuff on social media. Uh, check him out on Twitter, and uh, we'll take a timeout right now. We'll get to Charlie One, who's got traffic with us, and then we'll come back with more here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. He's Jason Craig. Sal Monta is in the building as well. We got Brian Spriggs, UTEP assistant coach, joining us here on the phone lines as we continue. Brian, uh, we want to we want to touch on uh, these players that you guys recruited this offseason for UTEP basketball. I was very impressed with some of the guys that you ended up getting. And uh, as soon as I stepped into the building, one of the mo- one of the guys I was most impressed with right off the bat was Tay Hardy, and he's not even fully able for contact right away. Tell us a little bit about what Tay Hardy can bring to the table because this guy is special, the Southern Miss uh, transfer who is a guard uh, now here at UTEP. 
Brian, um, I I, uh, I got to stop you real quick. I'm going to have to ask you to to say this again. Unfortunately, we've already already having some technical difficulties on our end, so we're going to see it. Let, let's do this test. Let's see if this sounds a little bit better. Here, uh, can can you try to answer that one more time? Mm-mm. No, uh, no, this is not. Maybe you could just drive over to the station now that you're so close. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding. Uh, let let's let me try this one more time, Brian. Um, let let me get this on my end. Um, all right, I think uh, let, this is going to be either the best thing that we could do here, or we're going to get you on the phones, Brian. Either way, we're going to get this done. Uh, let's try it one more time. What do you think of Tay Hardy? No, no, unfortunately not. Let's see if this works a little bit better. If I could hear you now, now we're gonna get, we'll get you on the phones, Brian. We'll we'll give you a call. Uh, we're just having a little problems here on Zoom, but no problem at all, man. Uh, thanks so much. We'll we'll give you a call in two seconds. All right, Brian. Appreciate it. Uh, let let's continue here on social media real quick as we get uh, back with UTIP assistant coach uh, Brian Spriggs. Uh, hadn't hadn't uh, didn't have technical difficulties in the first segment, but. Uh, yeah, that's that's just the beauty of live radio right there, dealing with a little bit of uh, difficulties right there. But we're going to get his insight on some of the newest UTEP basketball players that they recently recruited, and we'll get a chance to finish up our conversation with Brian Spriggs here on Sports Talk today. Our Twitter Tuesday poll, which we've been talking about all show long, Whataburger or In-N-Out? Uh, 73% of the votes have said Whataburger is their choice, and uh, 18% have said In-N-Out. Hey, Jason, can you give uh, Brian a call real quick and so we can get him on the show? All right, appreciate that, man. Uh, and then nine uh, percent have said other, and so uh, we've asked people to chime in on that. We've got a couple tweets to get to. Paul Marmalejo tweets the show. Oh my goodness, nothing like the round hot dog. Need I say more, El Paso? That's uh, Paul Marmalejo's <laughs> vote for his uh, his choice. Also, Jimmy Boom tweets the show. Pete Terry's. Jimmy, I haven't gotten a chance to go out there yet, so I got I definitely got to check that out on, what is uh, that? on my what side. Is that? Pete Terry's. I've never tried it. It's um, if I'm not mistaken, they they opened up one on the west side. I'm probably wrong about that. Um, they I know that they opened up a Frenchies recently close by. Okay, Pete Terry's. I think it's only in Las Cruces. Yeah, it's a it's. I think it's a Las Cruces type of thing. Uh. I might be wrong on that. Somebody should chime in and let me know where the P. Terry's is close by. But I've heard of it. I, for some reason, I've heard of it. Uh, let's jump back out to the phones. Welcome on UTIP assistant coach Brian Spriggs. Sorry about that, Brian. We had some technical difficulties there, but we got you on the phones and we're ready to go. Uh, I asked you about Tay Hardy, Southern Miss uh, uh, transfer, who is now joining the minors. This is somebody who a lot of people should be really excited about because Tay Hardy could bring a lot of things to the table. What have you seen so far from Tay Hardy? I think I think Tay's a hard worker, a guy that's very passionate about the game of basketball. Um, and I think what kind of gets swept under the rug a lot about him is just how, how much of a great teammate he is. Um, I think those are the type of things that, you know, you win with. And on top of that, you know, he's a seasoned guy. You're talking about an all-conference, a guy who already been around the block. And, you know, he's already, you know, he's all-conference U.S. All-conference USA guy, you know, the year prior. So just have you know, being able to have a guy like that with two years left is says a lot. It means a lot to us, and it's kind of you know helping us move the program in the right direction. 
Now, in in the backcourt as well, I was really impressed with your get from Evansville, Shamar Givens, uh, the five foot ten, one hundred fifty five pound transfer, who's a graduate transfer by the way, only one year of eligibility. But for a year, I think Shamar could bring you a lot of different things. He's versatile. I love the way that he moved uh, when I got a chance to see him in workouts. This could be a really special guy for you guys. Yeah, I agree. I think Shamar. He just fits. He just checks so many boxes. Uh, you know, just kind of due to his size, he was overlooked. Uh, you know, quite a bit, a lot, just throughout his entire career. Uh, I have known Shamar since he was in probably around like eleventh grade. When I first seen wow. him, he uh, when I was coaching at Beaver County, he was at a prep school right down the road uh, at First Love Christian Academy. And you know, year in and you know, year in and year out, while he was there, I couldn't believe more guys wasn't you know recruiting him. So, you know, when that time came about, uh, he came available. I thought he was a chance to, you know, just be a great get. You know, we just talk about a guy that competes, that plays hard, just plays the game the right way. Um, and I just think him and Coach Golden have a – they just are like the perfect fit for each other. Oh, that's a, so, that's a really know, think, good story. Yeah, yeah. I think he just got a chance to be really, really special, you know, in his time here. That's great. That's great. Um, shifting over to another guy in your backcourt, tell me a little bit about the process recruiting a Division One bounce back like Malik Zachary, who is coming from South Plains College, a six foot two guard. And I, I mean, I the more I look into this guy, the more I just see how much abilities and talent that he could bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Malik is a guy that I think, as as well as another guy that fits, you know, Coach Golden, just in terms of competitive competitiveness competing, wanting to play hard, and just a guy that's won. You know, he's just, he's just a winner. Uh, so I remember when I first time I met Malik, same thing, I was at Beaver County. It was my, probably, was, you know, Malik was at camp that I was working, and, you know, from day one, you know, you could see that the guy had a competitive edge and he wanted to compete. And he, you know, he's a, he a big-time, big-time winner. When you look at somebody like uh, Mario McKinney Jr., a lot of younger fans actually might remember Rio from all his Instagram highlights and all of the stuff he did on social media coming out of uh, Missouri High School. And then he he's plays uh, a season in the SEC for the Tigers. After that, he goes to the JUCO route, then finds his way to New Mexico State. Now he's here at UTEP. He's uh, been through quite the journey through his college days, but he comes to UTEP with a chip on his shoulder, with a with a lot to prove, and wanting to play uh, some significant minutes for you guys. What what's Mario McKinney like? Because he he joined us and he just uh, on the show a couple months ago, and he really impressed us when he uh, got a chance to talk about his whole journey and now uh, switching over from becoming an Aggie to now becoming a minor. Yeah, I think. Like the word that kind of sums up uh, Mario McKinney is just resilience. You know, he's a resilient guy that had a lot of stuff thrown at him throughout the course of his life, uh, but he just never quit. You know, he continued to push forward and, and you know, put one foot in front of the other and and kind of continue to move and progress to move in the right direction. Uh, I think he's another guy, like you said, chip on, a chip on, a, chip on his shoulder that, you know, wants to compete and win. You talk about a guy who – Man, he come talk about Mario, man. I, when I was coaching AAU, I had a bunch of his, you know, his Bashan teammates, and he was a he was a year older than you know the group of guys that I had. But you talk about a winner. I think he the guy won three state championships, and he's just a winner. Everybody's won. He's won. He's been. He's won. Um, and I think that he comes here wanting to continue to do that. 
You look at somebody like, uh, well, actually, now you sum up the backcourt. You have Shamar, you have Malik, like we just mentioned, from South Plains College. You have uh, Tay Hardy from Southern Miss, Mario McKinney Jr. You also throw Chipola transfer Carlos Lemus in the mix. This is a talented backcourt that's really going to be fighting for minutes left and right. How, how do you guys just try to – I know you all have your own process, but how do you begin to start to think about how these these players could really fit uh, when it's all said and done? I think, you know, we. I don't think we really got there yet. I think we kind of, you know, are at the point where, you know, just trying to, you know, continue to, you know, build a culture and kind of get the guys going to, you know, playing the right way and playing the way, you know, we, you know, we play, but at the end of the day, I think it could be anybody opportunity. Uh, it just kind of depends on, you know, whose, whose day it is. What uh, is, so I just think, Oh, wait, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry about that. I just think it's kind of just depends on, I think it could be, you know, it's a, a group where it could be anybody, anybody's day, uh, any day. So it's, it's a lot of excitement to have that, you know, it's a good thing to have that much talent. What kind of off season did Jamari Sibley have? Uh, Jamari spent a lot of time working on his game and kind of getting better. Uh, I know, you know, something that was, you know, wanted to be big to Jamari is trying to figure out how he can be more productive. So I think Jamari spent a lot of time on just working and kind of trying to continue to develop his body and understand, you know, how the game, you know, at this level, at this high of a level needs to be played. And I think he's done a great job doing that. With somebody like Otis Frazier III, who's also going to join your front court, it's kind of like that combo uh, guard forward uh, type of position. What is Otis? What, what jumped off the page for Otis Frazier when you got a chance to look at him and then uh, you know go through the recruiting process with somebody like him? I think Otis Otis is is very different from some of the other guys as to his the ability of his size and his strength and his ability to get downhill. Uh, just just another kid that kind of. You know, it's been coached and it has a competitive edge to continue to you know compete. Uh, I've been most amazed with his ability to kind of beat guys off the bounce and you know this is it's the great mixture of us uh, you know just size and strength. I look at somebody like Calvin Solomon. Man, this guy is is somebody who could really play a lot of different uh, things for like positions for you in the front court and really be versatile in the front court for you. Guard a lot of different positions when he's on defense. With Calvin Solomon, somebody who's just been very consistent, but also has gotten progressively better every year he's been in college basketball. Yes, Calvin does a great job. He's, he does a great job of uh, you know just kind of developing and working on his game, and I think. You know, just his his trust in Coach Cox uh, kind of sums sums it up. That, you know, Coach Cox did a great job. You know, developing him. You know, while he was at SFA, you know, he took a year off from Coach Cox and he wanted to get back to continue to develop and get better. Um, you know, I think a, a lot of that has to do with you know a lot of work, hard work that Coach Cox has put in with Calvin and a foundation that he has laid and created with him. Um, and I, I just think he, he'll continue, like you said, man. I think he'll continue to get better, uh, you know, with us as a minor. 
You know, you, we speak about development and progression. Uh, you, it really starts and ends with Zarek Onyema and what kind of uh, leaps and bounds he's made since year one. I, I mean, I was talking to you about this off air, but when I first saw Z, I thought to myself on Rodney Terry's staff, I thought, wow, you know, this could be somebody who maybe doesn't necessarily play here at UTEP, but maybe bounces over uh, over to the junior college ranks, gets more film, and then ends up at a Division One school for his final two years of eligibility. However, it seemed like last year you all threw him into the mix. He surprised everybody in certain spurts uh, due to his athleticism. Now it's about just kind of refining the little things, making sure that he can be a reliable jump shooter, maybe making sure that he can be a reliable defender, uh, probably more than anything. What's it been like watching Z's progression over time? I've been amazed. Like, obviously, you know, I was not here for that for year one. Um, but like the people that had, that had seen them, that was there for year one, they're you know they're a little more you know their jaws are dropping a little bit more than I am. But like even you know from last year to now, you talk about a guy that's just been working, he's resilient and continues to get better. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with just his he just, he just loves Utah, he loves El Paso. Uh, you know, like quick story, you know, that I like to share is. You know, I was just kind of talking, just having a casual conversation with him and some of the other guys. And Zarek's number one school ever since he kid was a kid was Utah. And I think that has a lot to do with his development. I think it's a, a, a guy that actually, you know, he plays for the university, plays for the city of El Paso, because it means that much to him. And I think that has a lot to do with his development, you know, on top of it. I think he has a lot of mo- motivation there to – you know, to you know, to make you know, just the city of El Paso proud. Brian, we, we know from afar that you're one of the catalysts for UTEP's recruiting efforts. You're also one of the main contributors to uh, this basketball team. I like what, how you described yourself. You're the glue guy to this coaching staff. I really like that. And you come from Abilene Christian, and they also added the, – the coaching staff also added somebody else from Abilene Christian. That's Reggie Miller, one of the best players who played for that 2021 Abilene Christian team that knocked off Texas in the NCAA tournament that you know very well about. Uh, Brian, what can you tell us about Reggie? and what he can bring to the coaching staff? I think Reggie's just kind of a lot of summer to a lot of guys that uh, we're recruiting. Another guy that just, you know, had a chip on his shoulder that came and competed and brought it every day and just a selfless guy that was all about his team and a person that's willing to, you know, sacrifice himself for the betterment of of the team. Uh, I have not come across uh, a better leader than Reggie Miller. Wow. Uh, I think that, you know, I think that has a lot to do. I think that has a lot to do with, you know, with Coach Golden. And I think those, him and, him and, him and Coach Golden seeing eye, eye to eye in regards to that. And I think that, that had, he had a lot to do with the success, uh, you know, of the of Abilene Christian. Most definitely. Hey, Brian, as we wind things down, and hey, you've been great. I really, really appreciate the time today and appreciate you being a little flexible with some issues that we had uh, technical difficulty-wise. Just your overall, I just want to wrap this up with one final question. Just your overall thoughts about being promoted from chief of staff up to assistant coach. Uh, What what does that say about Coach Golding and yours relationship and just your thoughts about staying here in in the city of El Paso as an assistant coach? I just think he says a lot about, you know, Coach Golden in terms of, like, loyalty and uh, just just a great guy. Um, you know, obviously it's an honor that, you know, he had that much faith in me to pretty much 
you know, promote me, uh, you know, on his staff in such an important role. So I, I, it's not even enough words to, for me to, to come up with to talk about my excitement and the gratitude that I have, for, you know, for Coach Golden. All right. Well, uh, I'm totally with you. I understand exactly what you're saying there, Brian. And, uh, hey, I really appreciate all the time. I think you were you were awesome here. Brought some great insight with us here on the show. We can't wait for the next time we get a chance. Let's do this face-to-face next time. I, I, we'll yeah, definitely coordinate that. <laughs> Most yeah, definitely. Yeah, you you got you to get on Mark and Drew, man. I don't know what those guys are doing over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'll, I'll give them a call. I'll give them a call after this. Yeah, hey, get, 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 that, get it figured out. Hey, hey, Brian! Thank you so much for all the time, man. We really appreciate it, and we'll be uh, we'll be sure to be in touch with you here soon enough. I appreciate you having me. All right, as Brian Spriggs joining us here on Sports Talk as we continue UTEP's assistant coach for men's basketball. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, more phone calls and tweets as Sports Talk continues here on six hundred ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. He's Jason Craig behind the glass, screening phone calls, making phone calls. Producing the show, selecting the music. Appreciate you, Jason. Samantha is in studio now. That's right. What's going on? Oh, I'll tell you what's going on. We got breaking news, man. Oh man, KJ Lewis. Yes, you know KJ Lewis. That's right. The the standout player for the UTEP uh, for the UTEP Miners for the Chapin Huskies for the past three years. Varsity standout in the in the uh, El Paso basketball ranks, but not just El Paso. I mean the Texas wide sensation KJ Lewis, uh, former top one hundred ESPN recruit out of the class of twenty twenty three, who is recently committed to the University of Arizona. He will be leaving. He will be leaving the uh, Chapin Huskies program and transferring out to Duncanville for his senior year. Uh, he has announced that he's going to Duncanville, which is one of the best programs in all of basketball, not just in the state of Texas, but across the country. Uh, this team assembles the best of the best year after year. It's almost like your AAU version of high school basketball. Uh, but Duncanville, he plays with a lot of these guys. I know with the AAU circuit that he's part of uh, in Nike Ibo. I also look at K.J. Lewis as just one of those guys who wants to maybe challenge himself at a higher level out in East Texas, play with uh, some tougher competition over there, maybe challenge himself a little bit before he heads off to Arizona. We know K.J.'s endgame. He, he wants to be a pro basketball player. He wants to play in the NBA, and uh, he believes that this is the right move for him. Uh, just a couple quick stats and uh, accolades for K.J. Lewis. Six foot four, he re- helped Chapin reach the regional semifinals for for the second straight year and second straight district 1-5A championship, he verbally committed to the University of Arizona. Uh, that's out of the Pac-12, of course. And uh, KJ Lewis, I mean, just the, the just simply put, best player uh, out of this city over the past three years, and now he's heading over to Duncanville to finish off his senior season. Sal, your reaction, breaking news on this show. You know what? I think this is a move where um, two things popped into my mind. One is more exposure, more of a, a bigger market, so to speak. I mean, we're, we're talking about day and age where NIL is huge. Why not boost that up as much as possible before you get to the next level? But then uh, actually two more things aside from that. The next one is going to be um, 
being as prepared as possible, testing yourself to the limits. And you can obviously do that in the DFW more so than you can here. And then the third one, I know there were some uh, some rumblings of like, oh, maybe because of the El Paso refs, this and that. I mean, it, it might be a small factor. He wasn't getting his fair share. But also, too, when you're the best player at any level, uh, that's going to come with the territory majority of the time. So I don't know what you think about the ref situation, but... That popped into my head right away. Yeah. Now it's just going to open up a whole can of worms. I, I said, I left the footnote when it first happened when KJ Lewis was uh, throw, suspended for that. I think it was the regional round uh, playoff. It was the second mm. round, area round of the playoffs for Chapin. And I think I mentioned that, that will uh, El Paso referees drive Chapin's KJ Lewis away from playing in the city of mm-hmm. El Paso? And at the time, I, I felt like it was outlandish. I was even thinking to myself, like, there's no way. But I think there's a, a, a cumulative. I think like all those things that you just said there can all accumulate into the maybe the reason why he ended up leaving. I would love to have KJ Lewis on in the show, maybe spend an hour with us here on Sports Talk to not just talk about this decision, but also talk about the tough decision he had with Arizona. He had a lot of teams after him, including you know Texas Tech, who yep. was a finalist to try to get him. A lot of great Memphis. teams. Memphis was a finalist yep. to try to get him. They were in his top five. He had a lot of great teams up there, uh, and El Paso's best player. I just feel I feel sad for the city of El Paso, Sal. That's where that's where I feel like who loses out the most. The city of El Paso because A, if you never got a chance to see KJ Lewis, mm-hmm. too bad. You it's missed it. And yeah. I and I said it last season, do not take him for granted here in this city. You should go watch him while you have a chance. I did I left all these breadcrumbs out there because he kind of Felt like this was going to happen. Let let him go off to Duncanville. Let him try to compete for a Class 6A mm-hmm. state championship over there and play against really tough competition night in, night out to get him ready for Arizona because he wants to play year one in Arizona. Yeah, and, and Duncanville's a, a great high school with uh, with prestige. I mean, Perry Jones, a guy who went through there. Julian Washburn, there you go, Shout former out. UTEP minor. And how about this one? This might be my favorite uh, favorite person from the uh, from the notable alumni list. You ready? I'm ready. Tamika Catchings. Wow. Yeah, I no had way. no idea she went to Duncanville, one of the uh, one of the most underappreciated WNBA players of all time. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's just a great list of uh, of alumni from Duncanville High School. But you said it yourself, one of the premier schools in the nation. So he gets a chance not only to compete against uh, some of the best teams in the state, but also, too, if I'm not mistaken, they might be on a very short list to play against some of the other top teams in the nation right. as well. I mean, we're talking about games on ESPN yes. and different things like that, and unfortunately that wasn't going to happen here. It kind of starts and ends with the uh, with the McDonald's tournament that comes to El Paso, which is huge. Uh, but still, though, this is a, a move where he's trying to, in my opinion, definitely trying to expand the uh, the brand so to speak and so be it yeah so be it duncanville best pro one of the best programs in the state of texas one of the best in this in the country for sure kj lewis leaving chapin um as a junior heading there for a senior year last thing i'll say on this if kj lewis ever makes it to the pinnacle and goes to the nba i just want them to highlight el paso somewhere on his bio <laughs> or like you know where they usually say like high school or something like that i wish they could do duncanville slash chapin like yeah. when they ask him all those I, I don't know do they ask questions like that when they ask him a question like that i really want him to do that where he 
where he ends up doing this, man, where, where they put Chapin on there in El Paso. I, 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 that's where I get a little sad. Yeah, and you know what? They might not, and the reason they I might say not. this is, not is because going to. a lot of the best players, they make that move their senior year, and they get represented as such. Like, I think for Kevin Durant, who I think Montrose Christian was one of his high schools, right. but they mark him as Oak Hill or vice versa. So Or prep. Like, now you're seeing all the, uh, the preps, newer yeah. guys, all the prep schools. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. Hey, uh, appreciate you, Sal, and appreciate you Jason let's take a break right now when we when we come back we're going to try to get Stephen Lee on the show from the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame if we're not able to get with him then we'll try that tomorrow as sports talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso all right Tuesday evening here on sports talk hour number three is underway Sal Montes in studio thanks to Jason Craig for stopping by today as well we're heading out Talking more about the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame in the class of 2022. One of the newest inductees in the athlete and the athlete category is Stephen Lee. And now he joins us here on our phone lines as we continue here on a Tuesday. Stephen, thanks so much for joining us here on the show. How's everything going? No, it's going pretty good. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, um, I I also want to mention that you are the girls basketball head coach out there at Pebble Hills High School. So I've been calling you coach. I've watched and admired your program from afar. Coach, um, it's great to see that you've had so much recent success with Pebble Hills. I'm sure that, you know, within all the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame uh, conversation, that also gets lost in the mix. But uh, congrats on a great program that you've started building over over there at Pebble Hills. I appreciate it. Thank you. I mean, it's 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 been a, it's been a journey. Um, luckily, um, we've we've gotten the athletes. We've gotten our, our program to be well established to where now is to the point to where we just need to keep it going. Most definitely. Hey, uh, let's talk a little bit about this honor. Uh, you will be honored along with the rest of the class of 2022 in the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame tomorrow night as part of the banquet. Uh, you, anybody who knew high school football in the 80s knows the name Stephen Lee, the Austin high school football standout and uh, somebody who just set records left and right. Uh, Stephen, can you take me back to the 80s? What was football like? Who are some of the big names out there that all of us should kind of remember and reflect back? on oh man um back then it was totally different the way it is now we didn't have the media outlets that they have um with twitter with um with the internet um so it it was it wasn't as big as it was now because of that but some of the names big names back then um i remember david marquez uh william doctor Emilio Pittman, um, you had Julian Dozier, uh, at Jeff. Um, you also had Tom Backus from Coronado. Mm-hmm. Um, then you also had, also even with us, you had Carl Gray during that time. Some great names. Some really good names. I mean, uh, what was high school football like in the 80s in El Paso? Was it ultra competitive? Did most everybody play high school football? What was what was really the sport like at, at that time? You know, I think every everybody played high um, football back then. I think it's probably the same way it is now. It was still one of the biggest, uh, biggest sports programs uh, during that time. Um, our biggest competitors during that time was Andrus. Um, we always done my two years. It was always between us and Andrews as far as for uh, district championship. 
Um, Irvin had a good program during that time. Uh, even El Paso High had a good program when they came to our district. And then when it came to by district, um, we had many fights against Bel Air and Isleta during that time. Man, that's awesome. That's really good to know right there. Uh, now let's talk specifically about you, your career, and what you did with the Austin High School Panthers. Uh, when when I look at your just some of the stats, some of the notable things that you that you see, I think it starts with, uh, of course, the single statewide record for 497 rushing yards in a single game, seven touchdowns in a single game during your senior year. Uh, who was the opponent in that one, and what do you remember about that game? <laughs> Oh, the our opponent was uh, Jefferson High School, and probably what I remember most about that game was um, during that time. I mean, I knew that I had scored seven touchdowns, but I didn't know that I was on 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 pace to set a record, uh, a statewide record. Um, I came out of the game probably at the end of the third quarter, and Coach Lomberg calls me back over, tells me to go back in. And I think I had probably like a 40-yard run. He calls me over, pulls me out of the game, and I look at him. I'm like, why? And he just said, don't worry about it. You you, you needed to do what you did. <laughs> and I'm assuming it was uh, I, I set the record because I believe one of the news uh, reporters that was that was there actually told him, when he saw me get pulled out of the game, that I was on verge of breaking the, the record. Oh, my. So you were being pulled out. Because, was it because you all were winning and, and it was really no need to have you in the game at that point? Was that the reason he pulled you out? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, I think the final score ended up being something like 66 to probably 7. What was the response like after that? Because I'm sure I'm sure you were just blown up left and right by people telling you, "Hey, I can't believe you broke the record." You know, I didn't know about it until the next day. Wow. Um, I guess they needed to wait to verify. So I really didn't know about it. Um, like I say back then, I mean, we had regular phones, so we didn't have the the phones, the cell phones that we had today. So um, I saw it in a newspaper the very next morning. Um, it was, I mean, it was amazing. I really didn't think I. I accomplished it, but it was, I mean, it was amazing feat during that time. Um, I, I guess most of the runs that I did were 50, 60 yards. So I really didn't even get the ball that much. I think I probably had the ball about 15, 16 times. Man, man, those, you know, it, it's kind of numbers that I, I remember and I reflect back to Dion Hankins. I'm not, I'm not really trying to compare, but it's just interesting to uh, kind of like compare, uh, like in historical references, because I, I remember Dion would get upwards of like 30 to 35 carries when he was at Parkland uh, back, you know, when he was uh, carrying the rock over there, ending up being the El Paso all time uh, leading rusher in the city. Uh, and you're doing it with almost half the amount of carries. And then I I look at 1985, 2,625 rushing yards, nine touchdowns. You had, uh, you actually broke, actually led the state in rushing overall in 1985. What what was that like? Like, how do you keep uh, all the outside noise away from you during that time when pretty much everybody has all eyes on you and what you you're able to do on the football field? You know, I I guess back then, um, you know, as I started. As the season went on, 
I started to get closer to my my main record was was 2000. I believe halfway through the season, I kind of figured I can do it. Um, and then when I actually accomplished the 2000, I thought I I thought I was done. I mean, I thought it was probably to me probably the best thing in the world. But when I received that call that I made first team all state, that right there probably was the best accolade or award that I ever got. Because that was very rare during that time for an individual from El Paso to make first team all state in 5A during that time. Of course, that that sounds like one of the you know one things that you never see in the city of El Paso, right there. Now, how'd you end up at Angelo State? Because uh, you you had this stellar senior season. I'm not taking anything away from Angelo State because sometimes you hear stories from people who say, "Hey, I just love the coaches. I love the staff, and I love what they had to offer me." What? Well, how'd you end up at Angelo State when it was all said and done? Actually, it was the same thing you just said. Um, I, I got recruited by UTEP, got recruited by Arizona, um, also got recruited by, by New Mexico. But what ended up making me want to go to Angelo State was the coaches. Um, Coach Jonas actually came down to El Paso. Um, his wife was from El Paso, and he was the offense coordinator at Angelo State. So he came down. We met and we basically hung out for two days. Um, I ended up going up there on a on a recruiting visit, and even then, I I didn't even go to the campus. I met a couple of players, but a lot of time was spent with him. And it was more of at that time he was more became more like a father figure to me, and that was one of the main reasons why. I went to Angelo State because it felt like home. Wow, that that's a that's a great story right there. What was the, what was your experience like at Angelo State? What what do you remember back when you when you're talking about your college playing days? Actually, I mean, probably the best thing was I. That's where I actually started to realize the effort that needed to go into playing college football. I got redshirted my first my freshman year. But I was, I was able to make the travel squad. But I never lifted a weight. I never lifted weights until I got to college at all. Wow. So then, yeah, I mean, you're talking about going there and you're up against individuals that are fighting for scholarships, individuals that really don't care what you did in high school, that, you know, you need to be at your best. So that's where I really – started lifting weights. I really started to get into running. I still ran track up there. And, you know, sometimes I, I think, man, if I would have done this when I was in high school, you know, what more I what more I could have done. Of course. Now, I, I totally agree with you on that one. Um, as far as as far as what you, uh, when we're talking about high school football nowadays, you, you reflected on this earlier. Do you enjoy watching high school football in today's uh, game, or, or are you uh, one of those who do- doesn't really uh, follow high school football in the city of El Paso still? No, I, I do. I, I enjoy watching football um, in El Paso, and I do go to the games. Um, like I say the game, it, it's changed. It has totally changed. Um, and I guess, I mean, it's, 
eventually it was going to come with time um, to where, you know, back then we had two, three running backs in the backfield. Now your, your typical offense is just one, one back spread offense, and it's more of a, of a passing game. Mm-hmm. And typically for a running back to, to gain yards to, to survive, you know, yeah, you're looking at them getting the ball 25, 30 times a game in order to, to accomplish uh, things that, that some of the running backs have done uh, today. Stephen Lee joining us here on Sports Talk as we continue. One of the newest inductees for the Class of 2022 El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. Also the girls varsity basketball coach out of Pebble Hills High School. Uh, how, you seem like a sports junkie, Stephen, because you are you are somebody who played football. You also ran track and field. Now you're coaching girls basketball at Pebble Hills High School. What was, first off, uh, are you a sports junkie? Second off, are, what, what led you to coaching basketball at the high school level? Oh. <laughs> No, I, I am a sports junkie. Um, I mean, my, I, I still love to watch football. I still love to play basketball. I watch it all the time. Um, you know, it's something that, that I treasure with my son right now, who's nine years old. Um, he's, he's into basketball. He's into football. Um, he loves Golden State. Okay, I was gonna. Ask, that was my next follow up. Is what? What's his favorite team? Because I'm so interested at the younger generations, players and teams. No, his his basketball is Golden State. He he loves, of course, Curry. Um, football, he loves Kansas City. Um, his favorite player is Mahomes. Okay, and that's kind of always a conflict in our house because my favorite team is the Raiders. <laughs> oh man, it yeah, gets heated in the house. Mahomes. Yeah, and then my wife's favorite team is uh, is the Saints. Oh man, so we're kind of yeah, so we're kind of like going at it all the time and stuff. But what got me into coaching girls basketball? I was uh, I was the head football coach in Tornillo for four years when I first started coaching at, at the high school level, and they needed a they needed a girls basketball coach. So he asked me if I wanted to do it because I also coached uh, doing a, some AAU before I got into uh, high school. So I told him I, I, I'd do it, you know, and I told him don't expect a lot because I've, I've, you know, coaching girls was, to me, was a whole new thing. But we ended up having two good seasons. We went, we won uh, district those two years. Um, so then at that point, I decided it was time for me to kind of move closer into town. So I ended up at Hanks. Um, I was at Hanks one year. The position came open at Double Hills. Um, I applied for it, got the position as the head girls basketball coach. And that's when we started our very first varsity season. It was our, all the, the program was all juniors. We hadn't had, we didn't have our senior class yet. So that very first year, typically they put a school, they'll start them off at a lower level that they're anticipated to go in. But they started us off at the 6A level because of the amount of students that we had. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So the first year we ended up, you know, 15 and 15. Um, That following year, we made the playoffs, won our one by district. Um, It's, and I also, that second year, also did football. I also helped out with football. But it got to the point to where 
girls basketball interferes with football because foot, um, girls basketball starts in October and that's halfway through the season for football. Sure. So it was kind of like a mutual agreement between myself and uh, Coach Torres that, you know, I kind of needed to concentrate on girls basketball. Um, and then on top of that, I kind of, you know, I kind of enjoy the air conditioner instead of being outside <laughs> in the heat all the time. I don't blame you. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and I mean, and it, it's been, it's been a good ride. It really has been a good ride. We, um, like I say, our program has come a long way. Um, we've done many, we've accomplished many things within the seven years that a lot of programs have even yet to accomplish and have been here for 20, 25 years. Oh, I, so I, comple- I completely agree and understand that, Coach. And uh, I mean, I'm just you know outside looking in. I think that you're you're building a really nice program out there for Pebble Hills and what you you all have been able to do in the short time that you all have been at the varsity level. So I commend you for that, uh, Coach. I just want to close out things. Uh, I really appreciate the, the time today on on the show. Uh, what's the feeling? What, what do you think the feeling is going to be like when you're in front of family and and people who are also being inducted into the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame tomorrow? at the induction ceremony. What's the feeling going to be like knowing that you'll be uh, uh, standing among the some of the best to ever do it here in the city of El Paso as part of the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame? You know, it, it's, it's humble. Um, as that time comes close, you I guess it starts to, realization starts to sink in that it's here, that it's going to happen that very next day. Um, you know, as we... There are many events that they have going on that leads up to the actual banquet tomorrow. You know, we're, I'm talking with all the other um, Hall of Famers, and, you know, each one of our stories is different. Um, but, you know, meeting, meeting these other players, other coaches, other media personnel, you know, you feel blessed to at least be a part of this group. And... Tomorrow it's going to be more of a, I guess I'll still get jitters, a little nervous because of that, but it's going to be something that I will never forget. Um, just as as much as I never forget my high school records, my 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 college days. Um, this will be an event that I will always cherish. That's awesome, uh, Stephen. Hey, uh, last question for me. How do you how do you want to be remembered when people think of the name Stephen Lee? How do you want people to remember you? And you still have a lot more to, to go as a head coach here at Pebble Hills. But what, what's the legacy you want to leave off here in El Paso? You know, I guess my is is, is being humble. Um, I there's there's been many people that I have been around that never have uh, have never knew what I was during that time. And they've always asked me, well, how come you never said anything? I'm like, you know what? Those, it's back in the days, you know. Yes, I, I, I'm honored by what I did, but um, records are meant to be broken. And times change, things change, and I'm just glad that I have a job that I love doing, and that's coaching and teaching. And that I can actually wake up every morning wanting to go to work because you have a lot of people that 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 aren't in the position that I'm that I'm in. 
Most definitely. I completely understand. Coach, it's been great to catch up with you here on the show today. I can't thank you enough for the time and all the great insight that you brought it here on the show today. And uh, congratulations again on being one of the newest inductees for the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. Uh, I look forward to ever- hearing about everything tomorrow with you all uh, being inducted. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All right, that's Stephen Lee joining us here on the radio as we continue here on Sports Talk today. Uh, we're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, Iris Lopez from Miha Yes You Can joining us here on Sports Talk as we continue. Take a timeout. Charlie One has our final traffic update as we continue here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Adrian brought us here along with Jason Craig, Sal Montes. We are continuing on a busy Tuesday afternoon here on Sports Talk. Want to welcome on from 93.1 our good friend Iris Lopez again. She is back talking about Miha Yes You Can, her nonprofit foundation. Uh, Iris, what's up? It's good to talk to you. Now official, you're uh, the morning show host, co-host well, alongside Mike. I know. Now I'm officially there. Now my body's getting used to you know the morning schedule, but hey, coffee helps. Okay, okay. <laughs> For all the listeners who don't know and who may have not heard uh, no shame no shame to plug you 93.1 Mike and Iris in the morning uh, anytime from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. but I but I do want to ask what's the wake-up regime what's the morning routine <laughs> like for you you know what what is it it's um, hitting snooze on my um, alarm I have like an alarm full of like 15 minute increments and then waking up, pouring my cold brew coffee, and making sure I put the music on full blast. But what time? Oh, I wake up at, so my alarm goes off at 3.15, then 3.30. I have to be up by 4, because I live far. I live, uh, yeah. so it takes like about 30 minutes to get here. So I got to be out of the house by like 4.30. So what do you do? Do you all kind of talk around 4.30, around 5, and kind of brainstorm what you all are talking about. What, what's the process like that? So then? Mike does a lot of the heavy the heavy work. He gets in here by like 3.45-ish. Oh my god. And he god. lives closer. So that's why he's you know, he gets out of here right away. He does a lot of the, the heavy work, thinking, and then once I come in, I gather my news articles and everything, and then by 5.45 we're on air. And a bunch of the stuff we, we brainstorm though there, because sometimes you just get random ideas, and sometimes the random ideas are the best ideas. I'm with you. you. So, I, as an unscripted show, I completely yes. understand. So Sometimes we'd be like, what do you want to talk about? Or what happened to you yesterday? Let's talk about it. And we'll just go with the flow. Okay, I like that. Well, mm-hmm. you're here joining us today talking about Miha Yes You Can, which uh, is one of my favorite nonprofits that we're, we always talk about here on the show. Um, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Uh, it give us, give us a little breakdown for those who haven't heard of, of the nonprofit foundation and what the big mission is for you all. So we're two years old, um, and we've been around the community providing workshops. We also provide, um, we, we go to events. Our main thing, our main fundraiser is our shirts. Miha, yes, you can. Simple but powerful phrase. Just to remind women that an equal world is possible, and we're kind of like, they're cheerleaders, women of all ages, all backgrounds, just doesn't have to be Hispanic women. It's women in general, because when we come together, we're a lot stronger. And so what we want to do is encourage women to continue their education or maybe, you know, education isn't their thing, but they want to make a, a small business. We want to help them with financially and just by providing them the tools they need to succeed. So for parents out there, for dads, for moms, mm-hmm. anybody who's listening right now, uh, this is the time to listen and who's got a young female in their in their life, mm-hmm. the, maybe it's their their daughter, maybe it's their niece or, or somebody that they know in their life, maybe it's a granddaughter, but you all are giving away some 
awesome scholarships, mm-hmm. and the deadline is coming up really soon. Uh, so I wanted to encourage some of our parents out there to maybe encourage their kid yeah. to be involved in this. So break it down for us. Give us all the details. Yeah, so we're going to be, this is our second year that we're providing um, scholarships, and this year we're going to be offering five individual $2,000 scholarships for eligible women and girls in the greater El Paso area. So you can see, you know, be El Paso, the Las Cruces area, Clint, anywhere around here. Um, and the categories are two graduating mijas, so that's high school seniors, class of 2022, enrolled in a college or university. Then we have two collegiate, miha, collegiate mijas, women enrolled at a four-year or two-year college already, you know, and they're going to wow. continue their education. And then one graduate mija, women who are currently enrolled or entering into a graduate-level degree program. Because when you think of scholarships, mainly people think high school students going to college. But, you know, there's women already in college that want to keep going, but sometimes the funds aren't there and so we don't want them to have we don't want them to use the excuse I don't have the funds we want to provide the funds so they can continue their career and so that's why we we have those those areas and June 30th is the deadline to wow. for the application and the application is pretty simple you know we have it on our Instagram page you can click the link in our bio go to our website and it gives you all the details it's about a 10 questions about 25 minutes to complete it all but overall, you know, we're just excited to to do this again, another two for, and we hope to continue. Oh yeah, this is awesome! So five different two thousand dollars scholarships, mm-hmm. eligible women. All you have to do to, uh, to kind of learn more about this, just go to mihayesyoucan.org/slash/miha-scholarships. That's all you have to do. Mihayesyoucan.org/slash/miha-scholarships. And um, the criteria for choosing the person who ends up winning the award include things like academic and career interests, which they'll fill out in the mm-hmm. actual uh, application. You look at the GPA requirements. High school seniors must have a 3.7 GPA or a 90 average, mm-hmm. grade, you know, grade point average. Uh, at the college level, it's a 2.7 grade point average. And then the graduate level, a 3.0. So you still want uh, those individuals to apply, but those who've excelled in the classroom as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, we're looking we're looking just to empower women. And again, it doesn't have people think, Mihai, yes, you can. It's just for Hispanic women. No, we're for women, all backgrounds. We want to encourage you to continue your education. And last year when we provided them, it was for business and education. But this year we kind of just narrowed it down just to um, education. And we're hoping that we'll get more funds later to help women in business. What was the response you all got uh, from the Miha Power Up 2021 scholarship program that you did last year? Overwhelming. You know, it was and, and that's when you know there's a need. You know, there's women of all ages that put in those applications and I remember I helped with the review process and I was like can we just give them all the money please <laughs> I wish we could but you know unfortunately we have to go through these these little questionnaires and all that and it was yeah overwhelming and it was it, it was exciting and so this year our scholarships committee has been has done amazing they've been working they work on all this because you know they're the brains behind it and this year they were even more excited to to do it I've seen that you all partner up with community organizations like El Paso Electric. Mm-hmm. It looks like you all are doing different things when it comes to just grabbing those uh, sponsors who can maybe help out with uh, the scholarship program in itself. Well, you know what? That's And that's something we're doing different this year. So actually, El Paso Electric, we recently just got notification that we got a grant again this year. So we're hoping to use those funds for this one. But um, like I mentioned, we're hoping to create another scholarship for business. So anyone that wants to you know, sponsor Sponsor those. We definitely are always looking for for the money to sponsor 
more scholarships because we have the pool of women. We know the women that need that money. So if you got the money, you want us to help you out, we are definitely there so we can continue to provide even more scholarships. And we have information on our website, too, for people that want to be sponsors in any way, providing your services, providing funds for scholarships, whatever it is, we'll take it. We we need to work, and I'm saying we as in me. Like I want to help work on a, like an athlete sponsor, a sponsorship oh, or a scholarship or oh, something yeah. like we're, that. Women in sports were huge, but we're huge on that. So we would definitely love to do that because we need to encourage young girls or older women to continue being in the field of sports. Yeah, and it's it's the participation, but also the involvement mm-hmm. and the the interest behind it, you know, covering the sports or talking about the sports yeah. and stuff like that. That's such a big part of all of this, right? Yeah, and there's so many, you know, when you, people think of sports, it's like, oh, I have to be in a sport. No, there's so many things behind it. I mean, you all here talk about sports. There's women that can be in sports broadcasting. Oh, I'd love that. Any in field of that and just to, you know, just to show our presence there. So the deadline to apply for this scholarship is Thursday, June 30th. It's kind of right around the mm-hmm. corner, uh, less than a week or uh, about a week away, a little bit more than a week away. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about with this, um, they will enable local women and girls to pursue their academic careers by providing the necessary funding for the required tuition, fees, expenses, enrollment costs, and supplies. What people don't realize out there is there's so much mm-hmm. other costs that come out there when it comes to those graduating seniors entering college for the first time, maybe needing to buy that laptop oh, for yeah. a first time. You look deeper into a person who's in a college, maybe they've already received some financial aid when they started as a freshman, sophomore, but by the time they're junior, seniors, it's they still out. need mm-hmm. some more money. And then graduate students, forget it. They they need all the money they can yeah, get. <laughs> they've already run through their bank account. They're like, please. <laughs> so no, yeah, so definitely. And that's why we chose all those categories. And we wish, I mean, we could give so much more, but we understand that this you can help with something a laptop um how pay off some of the debt something what is the response like now a year from now or a year back on those initial females who received the initial scholarships have you have you kept in touch with them or do you see them on social media kind of posting different things what's their life like yeah we've had we had one and she was she was older and she she's very involved still and she she sent us a video one time and we used it and she was just so thankful for for that you know and there's women out there who are you know that they think I can't I can't apply for these I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to get this and it's like no just go for it what's the worst that can happen you don't but hey next scholarship we have apply again and just the response has got is very positive and we'll get people that reach out and they'll be like, I was one of your the winners for the scholarship last year. Thank you so much. And it's just nice to know. What's the feeling like when you see on social media uh, women post with their Miha Yes You Can shirts and their graduate cap? Like, what's oh, that feeling like? It's funny because um, um, Salgado. Um, George Salgado. George Salgado. He's, he, whenever he um, takes photos, they just pop up with them. And he's like, we need to just make this a thing. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, Miha Yes You Can shirts are iconic. It's only been two years, but I'm going to say iconic for graduation because it's it's definitely a Mija Yes You Can moment. I did it. I graduated. And he shared some photos with that. And I was like, man, we really need to put them in the UTEP, UTEP library eh? for the future. And it's just a nice feeling that to think that they thought because that that's a epic moment that's going to be framed in their home to think that they wanted to wear that shirt 
for that moment, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I, re- I totally agree with you on that. Again, uh, last time I want to run down all the details for everybody out there. The parents who are out there who are listening, maybe you're an uncle, maybe you're an aunt, uh, or you have somebody in your life who could use this scholarship, the Miha Yes You Can Women and Girls Empowerment Scholarship that's going on 2022. The deadline is coming June 30th. That's thir- next Thursday. Uh, and you can go online right now, MihaYesYouCan.org and learn more about the scholarship. Did I cover everything? Is, oh, yeah. more, any more details? What are other ways that people can learn more about the scholarship and just be, you know, learn a little bit about Miha Yes You Can? Um, I mean, we're social media driven. So you got so, and we've got all sorts of social medias. So um, that's how you can mainly stay up to date and keep up, keep up to date with us because that's where we post all the details on what we're doing in the future. And we're having a financial conference come August. So we're hoping to get women of all ages to join that and to just see what we have in store. We have a lot in store. You all do a lot of pop-up events around yes. the city. Any any ones that we could be on the, on the radar, on the lookout for maybe? So we're for the El Paso Zoo is having Roar, Roar at the Zoo. And so we're hoping, or we're going to be there um, July 2nd. So that one's coming up. We're still waiting on callback for our, the event that's happening this Friday at Southwestern Park. Um, oh, yes, the, the ANA All the Way Foundation. Yes, ANA All the Way. Waiting on that one. So hopefully we can be there because um, Aaron Jones' sister has a Miha shirt. So we're hoping we can give them some shirts too, you know, and just uh, spread because it's women and women in sports. We got to empower women to be in sports as well. So we're hoping that one. And if we do, we'll post it on social media. Okay, great. So best way to be involved with Miha Yes You Can is on social media. Uh-huh. Follow on all different platforms, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you look on social media. Um, that's great stuff. Iris, thank you so much thank for all the you. great time. Great talking scholarships with yes. you. And uh, we'll hear you in the morning tomorrow. Yes, I'll be there. Bright and early. <laughs> thank you so much. Appreciate you.